What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks. I do have a media recommendation. I love Lord of the Rings. Superheroes, movies, a little jack-of-all-trades, I guess. So what makes me a geek? What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, your weekly pop culture podcast from Central Michigan Life, where we discuss all things geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you follow the CM Life Instagram and Twitter pages for updates on the podcast, and look for us wherever you find your podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our website at www.cm-life.com. My name is Brennan Valentine, joining you from the uh, decimated remains of Death Star 2, and I'd like to thank you all for joining me and my fellow geeks this week as uh, um, we introduce ourselves with this question of the week. So, um... Encanto has come out recently, and it's been the talk of, of TikTok and, and uh, most of the geek platforms as well. It's a very good movie, I must say. Uh, but one thing in that movie is everyone with powers has very useful powers. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask, what is the most useless superpower you've ever seen? So, like, I can think of a lot of useless ones in my head, but, like, ones that have shown up, whether in movies or comics, or, like, hasn't been defined as a superpower, but is, like, a power in of itself um i decided to go with um like the in the mythology like the midas touch where everything you touch turns oh, to gold yeah um because that is problematic there, there touch... was yeah, yeah there, there's a guy with that power on uh, heroes so yeah not even mythology that's even yeah oh gosh uh, yeah that and then i was like uh, but everyone knows it kind of is sucky anyway. So my, my backup is, I don't remember his name, but the guy from Sky High that just turns into a ball, I think it, he's just in that one scene where the coach kicks him, but that. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Side it a girl? Kick? I thought it was a girl. I it don't remember the scene that well. I think she wanted to be a cheerleader. Sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because <laughs> she was in, like, the cheerleading outfit or something, and then she yeah. just, like, did a flip and turned into a bouncing ball. Sorry, I'm, I'm a strong believer that the words guy and dude use they, them pronouns and tend to be gender neutral. Um, that's however, that's not how they've historically been used. So my bad. It's all good. Uh, I'll go next, if that's okay with you, Isaac. Um, so, hey, I'm Hope. Um, so like the only, I completely forgot about Sky High um, and thinking about like all the sidekicks and everything. But I went with the thing from Fantastic Four. But the so like his power of like super strength and being invincible is great, but being a giant rock is useless because Superman is invincible unless you have kryptonite. But he's invincible, and he looks like a human. So like, what's the point of being a rock? I don't That's understand. The most interesting part of his character arc, though. But, um, like, it's kind of useless. No, I mean, I, I think you have a good point. Uh, I yeah. would say, especially if you if you comment on the the new the Fanforstic movie, uh, where when it shows him getting his power, uh, it just shows a bunch of rocks like colliding with him, which yeah. makes it terrifying because it, it's as if he is underneath all those rocks, right. just being right. himself, which is terrifying. And he also doesn't. I don't know. He looks even less human in that one. Like. The original one, you can get away with it, but mm -hmm. well, the original one, it looks like he does in the comics. Yeah, yeah, and like the original one, you know, they still they're trying to make him look human too, like in the comics, kind of, but like 
has the humanoid features, but like yeah, with the new Fantastic Four, like it's just rocks. Like what what's the point of that? And I can't so, like, wait till we can not call Fan Four Stick the new Fantastic Four anymore. Yeah. <laughs> when it's just Van Four Stick. Yes. Fanfic Four Stick. No. Um all right. Hello, I'm Isaac. Uh with the loving eyes of BD1 staring at me over my shoulder. Just like Cal Kestis. Um, I, I was thinking about this question. Um, <clears throat> obviously, there's a lot of mutants out there that have pretty pretty sucky powers. Um, but what I want to point out is, is I love Rogue in the comics. Like, she's got an awesome power where she physically can touch a hero and use their powers. So if she touched Superman, she'd be able to have Superman's physiology and his powers. Uh, but in the movie, they translated that to if she touches someone, she drains their health and they die, uh, which is pretty awful. And the one time she actually kind of uses it with powers is when Pyro in X2 is like shooting fire at police uh, and she like grabs him and she's able to like absorb the fire back in. And that's the only time she like uses her powers similar to the comics. Otherwise, it's like, oh, I'm going to kiss my boyfriend and he's going to go almost into a comatose state and die because... I can't do anything. It's like the Midas touch, but uh, Death. Not, not as fast. Yeah. You don't get the money of the gold. <laughs> yeah, you don't get the monetary uh, compensation. Compensation. So there's that. I also was thinking about uh, like Cyclops as well. Uh, like super cool power, and I love Cyclops, but useful only if you're in a situation where you have to like shoot concussive blasts at people. Uh, also, like which as an X Men happens a lot. I feel like Havoc though, Alex yeah. Summers, like his brother has a little bit better of that power because he can shoot it from anywhere. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, Havoc has a lot better. Um, also, if like I woke up with Cyclops' powers, uh, I don't think we have Ruby Court sunglasses I could wear all the time, <laughs> so I'd be I'd be done for. Uh, well, the people living in your, your house would be done for. Yes, and everything I would have to see is with a Sapia lens, so that would be pretty awful. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Now, to get things started, we'd like to share some quick uh, geek news. So, what have y'all got for us? Okay, um, I'll start. So, uh, let's see. Um, uh, Electronic Arts and Lucasfilms Games have uh, teamed up with Respawn Entertainment, which they've done before to make Jedi Fallen Order. Great game, hence BD1 behind me. Um, but to make three more games, uh, they're making Jedi Fallen Order 2. Uh, they're making another first-person game, uh, first-person shooter, Star Wars shooter, and they're making a Star Wars strategy game. And they don't have titles for those yet, but... I mean, Respawn Entertainment also made like Titanfall and they also made Apex Legends. Legends. So I think that a first person shooter Star Wars game would be pretty awesome. And the guy that they have working on it, uh, Hirschman, oh man, I can't find his first name. He also worked on the original Battlefront games, Star Wars Battlefront games uh, and Force Unleashed. So I think that any game that they come out with is gonna be pretty awesome. Awesome. All right, on my end, uh, we got a, um, a quick blurb from Netflix on Stranger Things season four. Um, we did officially get like a release date. Uh, it's gonna start dropping on July 1st, 2022. 
But um, something that doesn't look too promising is it will be releasing monthly. So instead of like a weekly pattern or like drop everything at once like they've done in the past, it looks like it, we're either getting chunks every month or like an episode a month, which seems weird. Um, I hope it's chunks. It is chunks. Never like mind. Three episodes. Sorry, oh. I was just looking into it more. That was a glitch. So that people were concerned about that. Cool. I faked everyone out just like Netflix did. Oh. Uh, but no, that was a glitch. We're not. It's not going to release like that. Which is why, like when I was reading the article originally, I was like, this is so like kind of messed up. Why would they do it like this? Their most popular show, uh, arguably, it used to be the most popular show. Um, and they're just going to like give us a little bit every month. People are going to lose interest, but Netflix has confirmed that that is not the case. So if you see that going around, uh, that, it, that is, um, misinformation. All right. Uh, well, I have more than just one piece of geek news. Uh, so to start off fans of the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, uh, we are getting a Disney plus series coming out. It is going to be about how, um, Tim Allen's Santa Claus Scott is trying to realizing that he can't be Santa Claus forever he's got kids besides Buddy that we saw in the final movie um and he's it's gonna be a mini series so like it's not gonna be multiple seasons most likely it's just gonna be the one um but um like he Tim Allen is returning to the show and I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how they transition Santa Clauses without the previous Santa Claus dying. Yeah. Or they're just going to kill off Tim Allen. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to kill off Tim Allen. I want to raise Allen, my but... kids and then he like, yeah. falls off a roof. Um, for Mighty Ducks Game Changers, also on Disney+, Plus, uh, Josh Dummel is going to be playing the new coach in season two and replacing of Emilio Estevez. I did not realize that he was leaving, but it kind of makes sense. I'm gonna be honest. I never finished the season because I got distracted with school. Um, no excuses. Would... Hope. Sorry. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, Emilio Estevez found, like, his character found that he wanted to be by Charlie or something, like, by his people, his original team. Um, so I don't know how they're gonna play that off. For FBI Most Wanted on CBS. Uh, Julian McMahon is leaving and he was or he is the leader for the most wanted team um, they're replacing him with Dylan McDermott um, so he has been in a lot of other shows and so they've kind of been writing uh, Julian McMahon's character Jesse off the show so I'm not surprised of him leaving at all um, but it'll definitely be different without jesse there um also for disney plus going back to disney plus percy jackson and the olympians the tv series has officially been greenlit i'm so excited um so rick riordan and john steinberg are going to be writing the pilot episode with james bobbin directing um and then they're going to be they have already said that they're going to be um following the books very closely and Rick Riordan is on as like a consultant making sure that everything is happening correctly uh and they're currently casting 
all of the characters right now. So nothing has been announced yet, uh, especially anything with when it's going to be released. But I'm it better super just be excited. a bunch of 12 year olds. That's what I'm hoping for so that they can grow uh, with the show. See, but like Luke can be a little bit older because he no, was yeah, older no, yeah, than Annabeth. No. Luke was but like uh, 18, I believe, in yeah. the start. So like, you know, but they yeah. are planning on casting age appropriate. I think he was 16. Because I think he was 21 when he. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh for the batgirl dc comics movie the batgirl has officially cast the first transgender character in dc his movie history um so they cast ivory aquino uh to play um barbara gordon's best friend in the upcoming film um and i'm super excited for that and then just finally, because, you know, we're coming up on the Super Bowl and everything, and the Chiefs just beat the, uh, well, two weekends ago now, but the Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills. Chiefs fans raised $178,000 to the Oishi Children's Hospital in Buffalo, uh, specifically where um, Josh Allen's script, like the wing that's named after Josh Allen's grandmother who passed away. Um, and they, here's the fun part is that they donated in $13 increments for the 13 seconds that it took uh, the Kansas City offense to drive down the field in the last quarter to tie and take them to overtime. Well, yeah. if you're going to gloat, at least gloat by donating to a children's hospital. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, also, I'm sorry, Hope, that your team's butt got absolutely whooped this week. I'm, there were yeah. no, there was no butt whooping this weekend. Every game was incredibly close. <laughs> like I think, as in terms of like divisional round, this was the closest I think it's like ever been, at least as long as I've been alive. But listen, my quarterback Joe Burrow took his team and broke a really long streak, and you know, I'm rooting for the Bengals this weekend to beat the Chiefs. Me too. But, and then Rams. Stafford in a Super Bowl as soon as he's not aligned. No. No Stafford. He needs yes, to Stafford. stay out of the Super Bowl. Why? Because he should not just be able to change teams and be like, oh, look, I'm a good quarterback. Because He was always a good quarterback. He just had a bad team. A quarterback is supposed to help elevate your team, like Joe Burrow. And he did elevate the team. That's why they didn't go 0-16 every season like they did this season. <laughs> They were not 0-16. They were what? Like 2-13 and 1? Yeah, whatever. They still lost like the first, what, 11 games of their season? Um, But yeah, as a Lions fan, I'm looking forward to a uh, Rams-Bengals Super Bowl. And then the Rams win it. Bengals. Rams. Or if the Um, Chiefs beat Bengals, but I'll take the Chiefs. But anyway, uh, we do have like... Chiefs! All my, right, my, my grandma's from Kansas City. Let's go. Oh. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I like all four teams in the that have made it at this point. I, the only teams I actively root against are the Packers and the Bucks, and that's just because they have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, who are like phenomenal football <laughs> players. So, the only person I root for on the Buccaneers, Sean Murphy Bunting from CMU. Oh, we, we had another um, former chip on the Buccaneers a little while ago, too. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about him right now. We don't talk about Antonio. Speaking of not talking about Antonio, 
um, our main topic for today. Um, so this past year on Disney Plus, we've had a lot of animated movie releases. Um, I think Ryan the Last Dragon was the first one, and then we got Luca. Um, and then the year ended out uh, pretty strong with um, Encanto. Uh, so, like I said earlier in our opening question, Encanto, one of the biggest uh, movies on the internet right now going around. We don't talk about Bruno, uh, a top charting song. Um, and yeah, we just wanted we just wanted to go uh, through through the movie, what we thought, and like uh, its context, and then you know see what else is going on on Disney Plus. So, uh, when you all first watched Encanto, what was your favorite song when you first watched it? Oh, favorite song, Surface Pressure. Okay. Hands down. Still is. I love that song. Um, honestly, probably the We Don't Talk About Bruno, because it just had a nice groove to it. Oh, and I'm super really sappy catchy. and like Dos Orojitas, but specifically <gasps> yes. the Spanish version. Yes, yeah, yeah. The credit version in English is good too, but it, no, It's good I, when you don't speak Spanish, but then once you know what the song means, I'm like, I need the Spanish version. Yeah. No, it was that that's that was probably my second favorite song. I listened to it and I was like, this is so wholesome. Yeah, the I have the I've added multiple Encanto songs onto uh playlists and now just randomly quote parts of the songs like as I'm just walking through my apartment. Um I also I have this habit where it doesn't matter what the song is. I sing it out of order and intentionally mess up the words. Um, my girlfriend hates it. Yeah, but... my girlfriend says I do that too, uh, <laughs> intentionally. Oh, I, I, can, I can't imagine, Isaac. I don't think you'd ever do that intentionally. That sounds so annoying. <laughs> um, but anyway, I do it not to be annoying, but just because that's how my brain works. Um, so I'm walking around the house. Um, the the TikTok TikTok audios don't help, like the crossover with Hamilton. That like everyone give it up for America's favorite fighting Frenchman, Mirabel. And like and then she goes to her little rap verses, trying to avoid why she doesn't have powers. Yeah. I, I've also heard a theory that um, to distract the kids, she's the one that gave that kid coffee so that they wouldn't ask about her powers. So he gets so hyped. Um, so I think I think that's actually um, Mirabelle's power is caffeinating children. Yes. Yeah, I always thought her power was connected to the house. That like she was the house essentially. But... Oh, uh, before we go any farther, um, spoilers for Encanto. I haven't seen it. Um, but anyway, continue. Hope. Yeah. Um, so I forgot to say during the intro question, but I am at La Casita. Um, which, when I first heard La Casita and then saw how big this house actually was, I was like, that is not a little yeah, house. That's not Casita. It's <laughs> not. La Casa house. Grande. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I always thought that Mirabelle's powers related to the house. Um, just because, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I know the house would, like, bring the chairs and everything, but, I mean... It was her anger that destroyed it. So, like, I don't know. I like she's connected to it in my opinion. See, the here, the theory I've heard is that her power is to like break down barriers. Um, so like, which is why when she like went to touch her door, her door was a barrier from the rest of her family. Um, Interesting. Uh, and then it's why Louisa like opens up to her fairly easily when she starts to talk to her. I, th I don't think that's canon, but I thought it was a decent well, I was theory. Say, I think the biggest thing that would break that theory is her relationship with uh, 
shoot, what's her other sister's name? Isabella. I think that Isabella. one is because she didn't want to. Like she like harbored something against Isabella, and then once they start to get into it, you know, they break into song and dance. Um, and when the house became a barrier to her uh, connecting with the rest of her family, it started to break apart. Yeah. Which I find like super interesting how the grandmother was perfectly fine with like the spouses not having powers, but then oh. You're blood related to me, and you don't have powers. Shame and on you. Abuela doesn't have powers either. She's right. I've heard, but she has a room though. So I think Abuela's powers are giving the rooms. Oh, like Abuela creates the doors. Thank the you. candle gives the powers, but uh, yeah. Abuela creates the doors. So Abuela creates the barriers, and Mirabelle tears them down, and that's why they're natural opposites. Interesting. I've also I think that theory. Um, I, being like the comic book nerd, I love the the non-canon going through theories and stuff. The other theory I like is that Abuelo is Casita. Ooh, like Casita oh, is yeah. the reincarnation of Abuelo. Like Monster House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See it, but like... <laughs> I, I too readily said yes, but no. <laughs> Are you telling me that a loved one who passed away and continued to make a home for their family and loved ones isn't the same thing? But the but key part of Monster House... Them. Yeah, the key part of Monster House is that the house doesn't let anyone else come near it. And like yeah. regularly literally throughout the movie, the townspeople come in and out of his house. They also yep. blow up the house in Monster House, so... They, but they do kind of blow up the house uh, in... Spoilers. But I mean, like, <laughs> it makes sense, too, in that way, too, because, like, um, Abuelo, you know, or Abuelo was like, uh whatever abuelo's name is you know send me like someone to help or whatever you know send me the person that's needed and he sends mirabelle and then she's like oh you don't have powers go away and then he's just like listen we're gonna break shit until you realize that you need mirabelle so yeah um on the, on the subject of powers what uh what were your if you had to have a power of one of the the family members what would it be Oh, I already have Isabella's power. I'm already perfect. But can you summon plants? Um, after I put some seeds in dirt and water them. Uh, I, oh gosh. Like it's one of those, I'm torn between, um, oh my gosh, I cannot remember names right now. But Isabella's uh, power of plants and then the cousin who could turn and look at, like, Camino. what you want. Yeah, Camilo. Um, because Isabella, like, your boyfriend's here. <laughs> and then he just turns into him. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and then when like uh, Mirabelle's like trying to go to um, oh, sorry, the cousin who can hear everything. Dolores, Dolores. the love of my life. She's great. <laughs> um. You know, when she's trying to, like, be like, oh, did you hear anything about, like, the cracks in the house? And it's just Camilo instead. And then the dad comes in and is like, Camilo, stop trying to be someone else and <laughs> taking extra food. Yeah. Um, I, too, I, I think Camilo would be a pretty awesome power. Uh, he's very, like, he's, like, mystique, too, because it's, like, clothes and everything he changes into. Um, uh, doesn't Bruno also kind of have that shape-shifting build, like, ability? But he takes on personalities, you know, Hernando. 
Oh, that's funny. My second. Oh, no. I was going to say, who, the, I can never name, remember the name of the person who creates all the spackle. Um, I need to watch it again. Yeah. TikTok just cuts off it at. Oh, all the I'm Hernando and I'm afraid of nothing. Yeah. Well, the patchwork is done by Hernando. Who is there? I am Hernando and I'm scared of nothing. Yep. Um, my otherwise, uh, uh, I would not want Dolores' power because, uh, like, as cool as it is that she, like, is in the know of, like, everything, uh, that would be so hard, like, hearing everything. Um, she's like, like Cyclops with her ears. Um, <laughs> there's a moment where there's fireworks going off and she has to cover her ears because it's too loud. Um, but uh, I do think Bruno's powers would be kind of cool. Um, just because uh, if you made a really cool prophecy, you could totally like put it up on a wall and it looks like art. I think that'd be so cool. Um, his room sucks though. Yes. And I'm, he was very happy that Mirabel went into it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I think, I think I would want Dolores' powers because um, I, I know they're supposed to use their powers for good, but like, you know how much blackmail I can do if I can hear everything? That's true. Like, I mean, I just be like, Abuela, I know slither you... in there. Yeah, exactly. Abuela, I know you forgot Mirabelle's birthday. Um, I'll give you this gift if you, uh, you know, cut me some slack on chores for the next month. Um, oh, also the uh, oh gosh, who's the little guy? Antonio. Antonio. Yeah, Antonio. Uh, pretty awesome powers. Uh, Alan Tudyk played one of the birds, uh, and I love him as he does often in these animated uh, movies. He, yeah, he also has a really cool bedroom, um, which makes me wonder: does uh, does Mirabelle's mom is her like room just like full of like kitchen appliances? Like, huh. hey, I know you're like years old but uh be prepared to be the one that cooks everything <laughs> i also love that her husband just like constantly gets hurt like yeah oh yeah you know it just got stung on my hands and my face by bees okay you know but like hey my wife can heal me it's fine yeah, i think that's probably how they got like together is is he was just a, a bumbling little klutz and like Juliet was like i'm going to have a job forever also, uh, I looked it up because uh, they're the Madrigal, the family. Um, all of the in-laws took the last name Madrigal. Uh, yeah. Even though they're like men and traditionally uh, they would take there. Because I was curious about that because I was like, that was my first thought. I was like, wait a minute. Wouldn't, Bruno didn't have any kids. And obviously this is my very patriarchy uh, thought process going on. I was like, Bruno didn't have any kids. Which means that what, none of them would be madrigals, but uh, they all took the last name, which I thought was really cool. Shout out to all the in-laws just being some of the best humans. Well, I, th I think that represents what I think we should do about last names is no more like, oh, the, we take the man's or the woman's or we hyphenate. Just pick the cooler last name. Yeah. Usually yeah. it's obvious. I think I've said this before on the podcast. In my life, I've only met one person who's had a cooler last name than me. For those of you who don't know, my last name is Valentine. Um, in high school, I was at a forensic competition, and they called the last name. This person's last name was Van Wardragon. Um, so if you're out there and listening to the podcast, um, I think your last name is dope. But that is the only last name that I've ever found that I'd be like, yeah, that one beats mine. That's so cool. 
I, I met someone whose last name was Peabody, and I thought that was pretty neat because of... Did they have someone named Sherman with them? They didn't. I don't know what their dog's name was, but uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. No, wait. I lied. It wasn't Peabody. It was Point Dexter. Ah. Which I thought was kind of cool, uh, but also sounded like an insult. Oh, um, another thing about Encanto, though, is like, speaking of like the, the in-laws, is like, this is the first Disney movie in a little while where they've had like really con- like productive, constructive father figures. Yeah. yeah. But also, uh, Louisa, Once- they had to, all of the producers and creators fought Disney to have Louisa be buff and strong too which i really like and the fact and disney produced a ton of toys uh for isabella but then they weren't selling because they were like oh everyone wants the pretty sister no all the kids want the buff sister who can carry six donkeys yeah she does have pretty cool powers yes i like her a lot that's why that surface pressure is my favorite song when i first heard it i said oh my gosh and my girlfriend went to the bathroom and I like rewound it and I like re-listened to it. Uh, it was so cool. And I don't know. Yeah. I um, one thing I find interesting about that is like, I just assumed Luisa was the oldest, but Isabella's the oldest. Yeah. She's the middle child, which uh, makes sense. But like by the lyrics of the song, you would assume that she's the oldest. Yeah. She does. She only says older. Give it to your sister. Your sister's older. Yeah, that's what I thought. That she was like the older, the oldest sister, like the oldest of the entire family too, because like the entire song, she's like, "No, I'm literally taking all of the grief from the family and like carrying whatever." And um, but okay, that's interesting. It kind of makes sense too that Isabella is the oldest though too, because typically the oldest child is the perfect one. Um. Or like has to maintain the perfect. Yeah, and has to get married, and that's why and like she doesn't want to do all those things, but she does it for the family. Yep. Uh, spoilers. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> we said it before we started talking, so. Mm-hmm. No, I I love it. I uh, I wish my 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 one hope was that at the end Mirabelle would get a power. Uh. Because everything was, or at least a bedroom. I'm assuming they all got bedrooms, but they're probably kind of like normal bedrooms. They did get a bedroom, bedrooms. I thought. Yeah. Um, well, they made the house, like, themselves first. So everyone technically had a bedroom that they made by their own hands. Um, but I wanted her to get a power. But then at the same time, I was like, no, you're right. I also almost thought they were going to continue with no one has powers. I was like, there's no way Disney's going to pull it off. But they might, and then they didn't. I think, like, the one thing that I criticized while watching the movie was like the fight between uh Mirabel and Abuela and then the house collapsing like to me I was like okay let's drag it out just a little bit more and then I went wait this is a kid's movie they can't get that deep into discussions yet so just a quick <laughs> fix and go but no throwing like, of chanclas yeah I really liked that Bruno came that they kept that whole like tries to save after the discussion yeah. has already been had because he's mm-hmm. a good guy i love bruno i do the bro- plate which was fun because like they make it seem like bruno's gonna be the villain but then like the, yeah. the movie doesn't necessarily have a villain like it's kind of abuela but at the same time like it's not really abuela it's the fighting and tension between each other okay 
have you guys seen the video of someone like slowing down the we don't talk about bruno song yeah and like seeing all like bruno in the background like he's sneaking around and then he's just like dancing to his own song (laughs) i freaking love it um speaking about we don't talk about bruno we don't talk about bruno and like the um what's the ending song called Whereas like uh, Bruno goes like, um, I'm sorry about your wedding. Didn't mean to be upset. And that wasn't a prophecy. What's that song called? Oh. Um, that's know. where you really see uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's touch on the movie in it. Yeah. Like we don't talk about Bruno. It's basically just a theater production. Um, if you see like when they're like setting the table, it's all so dramatic and all that stuff like that. And then that verse for Bruno specifically, you hear his pattern coming through. So I just want, I like I, with Encanto, I really started to note how like pervasive uh, Lynn has become, like especially in like Disney, but in like Hollywood in general. So um, real quick, I'd like to enter the Lin-Manuel Miranda verse um, and, you know, kind of talk about that evolution up into Encanto. Cause like just recently in the Heights was in theaters, which uh, was one of his projects, which he started in like when he was in theater and then has like moved to do that. But he's also done music for Moana um, and of course, Hamilton. So what do you what do you think his trajectory is now? Do you think this is going to be kind of it, or is he going to become like the it person for Disney and Hollywood in general for these types of productions? He's going to be the John Williams. Yep. <laughs> He's already set to uh, do the music for the next Ariel. Oh, really? Mermaid movie. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. So yeah. I'm super excited for that one. Um, I love the original, but also like, can we make it, you know, a little bit more? into like around water themed music not necessarily sea shanties but yo if ariel starts singing uh um wellerman i'm gonna lose it <laughs> listen we predicted that bucky was gonna be singing sea shanties and wellerman and he did not and i'm very disappointed but oh well like captain america 4 we're gonna the opening scene is gonna be bucky on the boat I hope so. But side tangent, if they kill off Bucky, I'm having words with Kevin Feige. No, I can might. see it. <laughs> I was I hope you're just so blinded by your love for him and Isaac are like, it could happen. It could happen. My problem if they kill off decide to kill off Bucky in Captain America 4 is they gave him a ton of like a bigger character arc and character development just to kill him off like that was kind of pointless that you might as well just left him dead and not made him the winter soldier Um, i mean you could argue that iron man got three movies plus avengers movies and they just killed him off yeah but like i think it was his not necessarily yeah no that's his arc but like yeah yeah arc reactor actually yo the power of the sun in his chest no if anything they're not gonna do it in captain america 4 if anything it'll be like Avengers, Avengers, five. Quantum, maybe. Uh, um. Yeah, I'm okay if they do it like down the line. I don't want them to, but like he's gonna lose the other arm though. Yeah, or a leg, or an eye, by, or something. By 2028, Bucky is just gonna be like Vision and just be an android, but a vibranium android, like you know, like Vision. Like Vision. Uh, still looks like Sebastian Stan. So, but yeah. Going back to our talk about Lynn McLeod Miranda, though, um, is that uh, he, besides The Little Mermaid, that he is 
co-producing and co-composing the music for uh, his next movie after that is Aristotle and Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe which is a book so it's a film adaptation of the book um and it is LGBTQ characters and like discovering various things um but he is producing that one and that was not for a couple more years but like I'm really excited for that one and the fact that he is producing that and uh with you know his things of in the heights in Hamilton casting people that are you know of various backgrounds um especially for Hamilton when you're talking about mostly white dudes but then you got a cast where um Washington is black like hasn't he stated that like any reproduction of Hamilton the cast should be all people of color sans King George yep yeah Yeah. what about Samuel Seabury is Samuel Seabury white yeah yeah Yeah. basically anyone that's pro-Britain yeah pretty much but yeah I like absolutely love uh Lin-Manuel Miranda and just like what he's trying to do and how he's breaking in, into Hollywood and the movie industry and everything. Um, especially when he's able to create his musicals and take them to TV and stuff and share them that way. Because um, In the Heights was fan freaking fantastic. I absolutely love that movie. I think my favorite song from that one is uh, Carnav- Carnival del Barrio like it's just it's so good and it covers so much stuff and it's so needed after what happens before it because that made me cry (sighs) yeah what was your favorite from in the heights if you've seen it uh uh 96,000 uh probably just because he mentions lord of the rings uh (laughs) only mentions frodo uh so Mm -hmm. i haven't seen it it's good I mean, I you can listen to the uh, the soundtrack. The oh, I was gonna say the original. On, on... Yeah. Oh yeah, good the, point. I can do that too. The original with Lin Manuel has... in it. Yeah, and, and Christopher Jackson. Jackson, who met his wife while they were uh, doing in the Heights musical, uh, because Lin Manuel Miranda has stated in an interview that he realized like when they were dating because there was hand holding upstage. And like he was the only person who could see it, and he was just like fangirling over it. I was like, yes, <laughs> theater bringing people together. Um, but also, I'm sure I've said it before, but Lin Manuel Miranda has told Christopher Jackson that he will always have some part in whatever he produces. So, like, so King, have a job with them. Uh, King Trident will be played by Christopher Jackson. That would be. Awesome. I can see that honestly. That would be amazing. Like I said that as a joke, but now I'm not joking anymore. I, I like that casting. It was a joke, but it was a good joke. <laughs> it was a good no. idea. Um, however, I have heard some criticism um on TikTok, not not of Lin Manuel Miranda, but of like Disney using him to be like, oh look, we're inclusive when like most of their projects haven't been. Um, uh, like Lin does a great job of like bringing in uh, specifically like his like in his like. Hispanic heritage from I believe he's from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Unless I'm wrong. No, he's um, from Puerto Rico. 
so bringing in uh, like people that represent like that culture and like even with Encanto with Colombia and then Moana with uh, Pacific Islanders, even though that's not like his like specific, uh, that's not his cultural background. Uh, which, I mean, it, it's a fair argument. Like Disney has for a long time been pretty, all of the, most Disney princesses are, you know, white um, and things like that. Most of their characters have been like Eurocentric. Um, and like, it's a, from a business perspective, it makes sense. It's just like, I, I could see this being a slippery slope where they just use Lynn to get like, quote unquote, street cred. Yeah. But I, I still mean, I like see- everything he puts out. Yeah. I see that. But, like, I also see the history of Disney, too, and how, like, the original stuff that they put out with the Disney princesses, um, other than Pocahontas, were fairy tales that were very well known um, between the Grimm brothers and uh, Hans Christian Andersen. Um, So, like, they were using that to, like, boost sales and stuff of like hey look we turned your favorite fairy tale into something that has a happy ending um but i think in recent years too like just as times are changing like disney is also realizing that they can't stay white centric and they have to branch out i mean there's a reason mushu did not make a return in the live action Mulan. although you know if they had a Mushu, Eddie Murphy, but I don't know. Mushu's my favorite character because, you know, dishonor on you, dishonor on your whole family, dishonor, dishonor on, your on your cow. Like, that is iconic. a good one. Yeah, um, outside of the Lin-Manuel Miranda-verse, um, th- yo, we have to make that the title of this episode, Into the Lin-Manuel <laughs> Miranda-verse. Um, yeah, I'll text Mike. <laughs> I'll do it right now so we don't forget. Um, but outside of that, Disney Plus has done some some pretty uh, phenomenal stuff this year. I really enjoyed Luca. I watched that actually oh, after yeah. I watched Encanto. Um, I thought Luca was funnier than Encanto, but Encanto definitely has more like deeper value. Luca has like a good family like story about family as well. Um, but I think Encanto is a, is a bigger hit because it has the music and everything. Um, but uh, what else have have y'all been intrigued with? um from disney plus um oh go ahead Hope. oh i was gonna say just really quick with luca um someone has a problem with bruno because yeah. silencio bruno silencio we bruno. don't talk about bruno who's bruno who is bruno know. and what did they do to the producers we don't talk about him and we tell him to be quiet yep um well as you can see by uh by my background i am loving uh where star wars is going with disney plus uh, I really like Book of Boba Fett. Uh, I've, I've liked it the whole time. Um, I think that there's going to be some pretty sick Lego sets, but uh, the latest episode, Mandalorian episode five, I mean, not Mandalorian. <laughs> say, uh, Mando's Boba Fett. not out yet. It's basically Mando season three. It's basically it, it, Mando season three. It gets, it gets you, uh, there's a lot happens having to do with the Mandalorian. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, posthumous spoiler alert after we've said spoiler alert. Uh, I'm happy because <clears throat> there is a BD unit uh, for those listening that is my background but uh, BD1 being the, the, the robot from Jedi Fallen Order and the fact that they have one in there now uh, just made me really happy because that's one step closer to uh, if you already have 
it animated. You just got to bring in the actor. Uh, yeah, Wh which wouldn't. Castus. Yeah, like he is a pretty recognizable face, so it's not like yeah. you can recast him. But um, but that I don't know. That little bit made me so happy, and there was even a moment where the BD unit gets like injured, and you look over, and he like does a little limp, and it's the same limp he does in the game. Yes, I love oh. that. So good. I have heard some complaints from some like original trilogy fans that Boba Fett is not the same in this series that he was in the original trilogy and the Mandalorian kind of fits that more. But I think that is because like, you know, everything Boba went through in the Sarlacc pit and then what we've seen like with the Tuscans, I like that's traumatic enough to change him. So he's no longer, no longer this brooding, you know, um, you know, not quick witted, but like, and he's not quippy. What's the right word? It starts with a Q sound. Uh, quiet. Quiet. Yeah, no, like he's not, he's no longer this like, he's still fairly stoic, but um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like this, this develops his character better because it shows that he wasn't like, he was just hired muscle for Darth Vader, but it shows that he is more than that. Yeah. And like, obviously he, he's super awesome uh, in Clone Wars. You get to see him as a child and doing awesome things. Uh, but you got to remember that his original, uh, his original introduction into Star Wars was in the Christmas special, holiday special, uh, where he was in an animated cartoon. And he did ride something, a giant beast, about 10 sizes, the sizes of a Rancor. Uh, and he's pretty awesome in that. But What is that beast called? Does it have the, a name? The big one? I don't know. I think it was, I don't know what it is. No. I'm trying to remember because the, the name Mythosaur was dropped in. Uh... That was dropped in that episode uh so i'm just trying to remember if that was it too but i don't think it was but yeah i've also been loving uh book of boba fett um i, I really liked what pixar has been doing with uh on disney plus as well like obviously you've got luca but then they've released all these like little shorts that are either related to um previous um things like doug days or just like independent ones that have been really fun too um, which th those are a little bit older now, but those have been fun. So if you haven't seen them, go check those out. Very good. I like mm -hmm. all the little things where they have, uh, what is it? Uh, well, I can't think of his name. Uh, Snowman from Frozen. Olaf. Uh, Olaf. Olaf retells um, yeah, the different retells, Disney stories. It, it's so good. I Every time I see a video of it, I watch it just because. It's the same way he does it in Frozen too, but it's funny because he does it for a bunch of different Disney movies. It's mm -hmm. enjoyable. What's the one that is it coming up still? The one with uh, the little girl turns into a giant red panda. It's still That's coming, coming up. up. It's coming up. <laughs> that looks kind of fun. And that also Wait, looks fun. People are mad about that one because it was supposed to come out in theaters, but then like Disney decided that they would probably make better profits or something by putting it directly to streaming. So, yeah, that's greatness by Disney of being I like... I thought that was always supposed to come out on Disney+. Plus. No, um, because when my dad and I went to see No Way Home, um, there was a giant poster for it. Oh. And, yeah, and, like, it had a date that it was going to come out and everything, too, but I, it's now just gotten shifted to strictly streaming. Premiere access Disney+, Plus or just Disney+. Plus. I don't think it's been said yet but i'm going to assume that it's gonna be premiere like actor. yeah because then they can make money off of it more that way too um versus whatever they would get from 
because I, I think they feel like they won't get as much money from an animated well, movie right now. Well, also currently, like with COVID numbers going back up, like I feel like more yeah. people are like hesitant to go to the movies again. Yeah, that is very true as well. Because I would love to go see Uncharted in February, but you know, we'll see how COVID is. I do have plans to see Uncharted in February <laughs> as long as things don't get too bad. Um, but yeah, I think I'll be honest. I haven't seen Luca or Raya and the Last Dragon yet. Oh, um, both are good. awesome. They're both very well, good. I was just say, both of my nieces love Raya, especially my oldest niece. Um, I got her a Raya set, like a toys, and like that's her big thing lately has been Raya. Um, and like. I think that one is also like a really good Disney moving in the way of away from sorry to YouTube, but away from the male saving everything to oh look, females can save stuff too. And <laughs> you just like, apologize to us for saying that. Yeah, that's because I don't want you to get offended. I don't want you to be offended. <laughs> no, you can save me all you want. Like I will happily sit at home. I will happily be a damsel in distress because that means I don't have to exercise. Um, I mean, Ryan, you do to run away from the thing, but like... You think I'm running away from the thing? I'm a damsel. Oh, if I'm you're there distress. to rescue me, I will just sit back, relax, and wait. Uh, Raya does... I, I love the world building in Raya. Um, I don't know if it's just the, the dungeon master in me, and I love the uh, creating different civilizations with different aspects. Uh, but I think it did such a good job at having all these really different cultures uh, that are all slightly different, but I don't know. It's super cool. Uh, obviously, it got talked a lot about how it reminded people of Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, at least I saw that, but uh, I don't know. I was a big fan of it. Yeah. Cool art, yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say, um, wasn't it also I want to say similar to like we're going back a ways, beginning of the 2000s, um, with the show Merlin, because of the whole last dragon egg thing and like multiple nations fighting to get the one power, just, you know. Aquafina, yeah. yeah. Well, we've, we've known for a while Disney Plus is a powerhouse, um, the, the, probably the pinnacle of streaming at this point. Um, HBO Max has a lot of stuff, and it's it's actually, I think the price has gone down. It's fairly cheap at uh, this point, which is nice. I think, I think currently, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Peacemaker, I think, is the number one streaming show right now on HBO Max. But I think with the latest episode of Book of Boba Fett, they might fight. Yeah, absolutely. I, we're gonna, you think we're going to get a Peacemaker Book of Boba Fett crossover? Is that what you just said, Isaac? All right. Same, basically the same helmet, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, anyway, as always here on Raving Geeks, we do like to end with some recommendations for our viewers, uh, whether that be movies, video games, comics, or anything else geeky. So uh, have either of you got uh, recommendations for us today? Uh, if you have Paramount Plus or like access to Paramount Plus or CBS, um, I highly recommend NCIS Hawaii. Um, especially if you're a fan of the original NCIS and like the original team and everything um, with Donozo, Kate, and McGee. Um, honestly, like I see a lot of the original team in the team 
uh, in Hawaii. And, but also like there are slightly higher stakes and it's more of like family and protecting each other than um, sometimes the episodes of regular NCIS give off. Um, but yeah, I also love the fact that there are only two white characters uh, white actors in NCIS Hawaii as well um, and one of them is from or both of them are from Canada or something actually um, but yeah it's super inclusive and they bring in a lot of the culture because one of the characters is Native Hawaiian um, and they talk about one episode was like talking about during World War II and like being asked like oh what country are you actually from or like being told hey go back to your original country and like the good important discussions and like showing both sides of like no it's difficult to talk about but also you need to talk about it because the world is harsh and you want people to be prepared or you know to how do you make sure this doesn't happen um but yeah NCIS Hawaii is really good episode good show uh, they currently have 13 episodes out right now, and it's awesome. So that's my recommendation. All right, all right. Uh, I never like sat down and watched all of NCIS, but whenever I was like home from school, it would be on TV, uh, and I would watch it sometimes, and it was good. Um, uh, my recommendation uh, one is Peacemaker on HBO Max. I have been watching that. Uh, it is uh, quite enjoyable. Uh, John Cena uh, does a good job. Um, it also has uh, the Harry Potter actor who played Cormac McLaggen. Uh, oh, in the oh, sixth he movie. was in, uh, he was in the Lucy Hale Cinderella story, uh, Once Upon a Song as well. And it's like so weird. Well, he plays a character, uh, uh, named Vigilante, and you can like hear his voice, but he's American, not British, and it's weird. I, I was like, who is, this, who is this actor? And I looked him up and I was like, oh, it's Cormac McLaggen. Um, <laughs> But uh, beside that, uh, really good show that I, I've grown up watching, um, Almighty Johnson's. Uh, I think it's on Peacock right now, but you can also watch it for free on the streaming service Tubi uh, for as long as it's going to be on there. Almighty Johnson's. Um, if you, I don't know, it's a New Zealand-based show, so everyone's from New Zealand, and that's really fun. It's uh, Norse mythology, right? It's Norse mythology, yep. Okay. And so it's about a bunch of... Uh, Basically, it's like way back when in the 1800s, uh, the gods of Norse mythology had, they descended on the earth and then they were run out by other people. So they took a boat to New Zealand, uh, which is true. There was a lot of Norwegian and like Scandinavian settlers in Norway uh, to New Zealand. And basically the souls of the gods have attached themselves to mortal vessels. Uh, but it's like, like a comedy show kind of. So it's, it's just a bunch of like, it's a family of brothers who are all also Norse gods. I really enjoy it. It is TV 14 uh, and it's, it's a foreign show. So they're kind of fine with nudity, but yep. it's a good show. I recommend it. Brendan? Perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Hope mentioning Paramount Plus also reminded me if you haven't watched Survivor and you are into like kind of reality TV, if you're a psych person, Survivor is definitely the way to go. There are tons of seasons of that too. So if you just need looking for something to binge. Uh, but also, I really, uh, I, every, like, once a year, I get back into this mobile app um, called Pokemon Masters. Um, it's it's kind of like a, a weird, like, it's not turn-based, but you have, like, an energy bar that, like, builds up um, to, like, attack. 
and um if you're a pokemon fan it's definitely fun um pokemon legends arceus will be out by the time that this uh this releases so you guys probably will see me for the first time that anyone has seen me uh when we record next week <laughs> uh because i'm going to spend that long playing the game thank goodness yeah uh, outside but, of going to class right no priorities priorities i don't have large lecture classrooms where i can play in class so the option is no class um <laughs> yeah one of my classes is six people in it so i can't like sneak my switch in there oh well senioritis is not compatible with my semester i guess anyway that's all we have for y'all today thanks for joining us here on raving geeks make sure you leave a comment wherever you're listening from we love to hear from y'all uh, what you thought about today's podcast what you thought about previous podcasts and what you'd like to hear for future podcasts uh, you can always reach out to us on facebook twitter or our tiktok at raving geeks and as always i have been brendan valentine along with my fellow co-hosts hope good earl and i have been isaac hunter Ta-da! <laughs> Stay geeky and have a great week, y'all. So long.